Hello and welcome to DairyPod. I'm John Penry from Dairy Australia. In this episode, Dairy Australia's industry analyst, Eliza Redfern, delves into one of the highlights from the September Situation and Outlook report with Australian Fodder Industry Association Board Director, Brad Griffiths. Discussing the fodder market, the conversation covers some of the conditions that are changing on the ground, Brad's perspective on what the future impacts are likely to be, and what it means for hay prices going forward. Welcome to the Dairy Pod, Brad. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, all good. Well, um, we've just had our September Situation Outlook report um, that's just come out. Um, and as per usual, there's obviously a lot that's going on within dairy at the moment. Um, something that's, you know, usually pretty topical for this time of year is is feed availability. Obviously, supplementary feed plays an important role um, in dairy farming operations. Um, and we're obviously looking ahead to harvest and, and what that's potentially going to look like. And I think this year is probably uh, even more topical where we're coming off the back of several wet years. Um, there's a lot of that talk from going from La Nina to El Nino, what is that going to look like, um, which is essentially why you are here today, Brad. Um, you're obviously no stranger to the fodder industry, um, but for those that don't know you, uh, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thanks. Um, so I'm from Mullala, a small town called Mullala, which is about an hour north of Adelaide. I'm based here with my wife. We've got four boys and mum and dad are still very involved in the farm as well. So yeah, it's it's a busy little place. We've got a few trucks on the road and, and a grain storage facility as well. So um, the farm is sort of based around a lot of fodder production on that. It's probably a third or more of a, um overall business and and some lentils and wheat in there as well. So that's a little snapshot of what we do. Yeah, no worries. And and how are you finding things at the moment? I mean, there's been a lot of talk of conditions have already started to shift, even though an El Nino hasn't actually officially been declared yet. But but you know, conditions in some regions are becoming drier. Um, what's it like on the ground for you guys at the moment? So through South Australia, like we had a uh, fantastic start, probably on the back of a record year in 2022. Like I think most of the state would have been record or close to it, um, which was fantastic so on the back of that uh we had a fantastic break i suppose most regions did from april through to june june was a really wet month and then probably from there it's just really sort of back or almost fallen off a cliff for a lot of areas Mm -hmm. just in the last couple of weeks we've had a few um rainfall events come through and i'd say it's um the state itself is probably fairly patchy there's some really good areas and there's also some pretty poor areas so um, yeah, there's a bit of a mixed bag in South Australia. Yeah. And and how is that sort of differing to, to other regions sort of, you know, around you, but then also, you know, other parts of the country that are, that are not so close? Yeah, that's a good question. We're sort of cutting a lot of hay up to New South Wales and Queensland. And and given that we're sort of, you know, anywhere between 1,500 and 2,000 k's away, that sort of tells me that, um, yeah, it can't be too good up there. I haven't been up there myself. But well, the, the South Australia itself, I think, will still be reasonable. There'll still be, um, you know, I wouldn't say it's going to be a, a drought or, a, you know, a disaster barring any frost or anything like that. It, it must be getting pretty dry on the East Coast. That's what we keep hearing anyway. 
Yeah, I think you know a lot. A lot of the the data that we've been seeing um, shows that, that soil moisture, um, you know, has been has been drying out a little bit um, along the east coast, particularly you know in in Queensland and in northern New South Wales. Um, so I think that probably brings us to the next next topic around you know that flow of fodder. I mean, particularly during the floods and and in those in those Queensland um, in the areas of you know Queensland, New South Wales, we saw that um, the impacts of the floods. There was a lot more demand for fodder, and there was a lot of hay that was moving from the more southern areas into those states. Um, do you expect that with, you know, the way that, that conditions are, are changing and particularly because there's going to be such differences between regions, are we are we going to see higher rates of fodder being moved between different states and things, do you think? Look, I think so. That's what it's all pointing to at the moment. And it all sort of is sort of pointing towards that, yeah, like you said, that central New South Wales north. It, they seem to be having a bit of a tough tough go at it at the moment. Like, um, you know, some of the reports that I've heard is sort of, you know, very minimal rainfall from sort of November last year through to this point now. So, um, oh, like, it's, yeah, it's horrible for them. I think that it'll be very interesting over the next couple of weeks or we're sort of cutting hay or getting organised as we speak. We just had a bit of rain last night, so that'll hold us up this morning. But I think that the troubles trials and tribulations, whatever you want to say, however you want to point it. But last year, just the, the issues that all the growers faced with the um, just with the conditions of in the spring, it just, you know, the rain, the, the wet ground, the, it was just a disaster for trying to make quality hay. So um, I think that hopefully the, the end users can, um, you know, look forward to getting some new seasons hay that's of a bit better quality this year. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, um, obviously because of the, the challenges with, with those wet conditions, that actual, the, you know, just general availability of, of fodder and hay was impacted. And then, of course, the, the quality side of that as well. How do you think that's, um, you know, going to shape up this season? We're obviously looking towards generally drier conditions um, and then, you know, soil moistures are, are drying out. Um, and I think I think there's a lot, of, a lot of general hope out there around a bit of a supply recovery, um, but it's also difficult to produce feed um, during these drier times. So are you thinking that, you know, that there's still going to be some feed around um, and the quality of that might vary or, or are you a little bit more optimistic around around that side? Yeah, I'm a lot more optimistic about it, to be honest. I don't think the feed itself, like, sorry, the, the supply on hand is low. and we, we haven't got to that point yet, but um, I think the quality is low. Whatever's left over now is is of reasonably poor quality and I think that's that's what we keep hearing now is yeah like obviously with the issues that we faced last spring with bailing it was just such a night it was it was our, it was our worst year for getting hay into a bale by that far it wasn't even funny but yeah like I'm a bit more optimistic about the supply of feed going forward the supply of fodder going forward um like you look through Victoria South Australia even southern New South Wales they have actually had a reasonably good season there is there's there is fodder there like the the supply i don't think is going to be an issue and, and everything is pointing towards having fodder of better quality it's um the you know the dry springs that they keep telling us we're going to be having and the when you're cutting hay onto dry ground you, you you're in front of the game already so um like I, i'm sort of looking forward to having some more quality in the sheds rather than rather than this hay that no one sort of wants but they're buying out of necessity. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
I guess from, you know, when we're, you know, we're talking about feed, we're looking at talking about fodder specifically right now, but but the cropping side obviously plays uh, a large a large role in that and often, you know, the industries do sort of intertwine, I guess. And um, I think over the last couple of seasons, you know, we've seen that there were a lot of growers that were, um, you know, they, they had planted in crops, they were intending to take that through to grain and then because of the conditions that was altering, you know, their their decision-making essentially and they're trying to weigh up, you know, where are those returns and, and what are, what exactly are we going to do with this? Do you think that um, there's going to be some differences this season in terms of, um, you know, how, how do growers weigh up when, you know, that decision-making in terms of taking something through to grain? I mean, there's we're seeing better returns from a grower perspective for fodder this season, um, which is vastly different to the, to the past couple of seasons. Is that likely to weigh into that decision-making? Yeah, for sure. I think even still now, like you look at it, the price of commodities for grain, whether it be wheat or barley, probably wheat or barley is the main one. So, you know, we're still talking mid 300s to 400 for, for wheat, you know. So, like, it's going to have to be either like a, a big weed infestation or, or a major frost event for people to start looking at cutting them down. That's my gut feel anyway like I don't think the price of the fodder is at a point yet where it's going to be more beneficial to put strings around it rather than reaping it well I don't think we're quite there yet so and obviously the cost of production for for hay making now is just you know like it's just (laughs) it's just gone up through the roof in the last few years whether it be you know the fuel whether it's labor whether it's cost of ownership of machinery you know once upon a time when you know it was 50 or 60 bucks to produce cut cut rake and bale hay like it's probably almost double that now and it's probably happened in the last four or five years so the the big um grain um farmers that have that have they're all set up to grow grain well i just can't see them cutting down grain crops at this stage like it yeah, so it's going to have to be something that, um, like whether it's a really dry spring or, and they're not going to go through to grain, or if it's a frost event. Otherwise, I, I think they're just going to take the punting and reap them instead. Yeah, um, that probably leads in quite nicely to my next question around fertiliser. There's been a lot of talk of that over the last few years, of course, and lots of global events that have been impacting those prices. Um, you know, on the global stage, we're seeing that indicative prices have been coming down. Um, but then domestically within Australia, we're hearing that there's, you know, this this urea shortage and it's it can be quite actually hard to get, to get your hands on some of that product. Have you yourself had any challenges around fertiliser this season or, or no, you know, of any, anyone else in your area? that's struggling a bit with it oh look there's definitely yeah i'm hearing a fair bit of it we're a bit lucky we had um a lot of our fertilizer we use a company up here locally that um that store it for us and and we had everything we needed um when we wanted it but yeah like there is obviously some horror stories around whether it was supply issues whether it was companies that failed to deliver on their contracts or um so whether that has an immediate effect on the hay industry i'm i'm not so sure it probably affects the grain industry more than the hay industry um you don't actually need a lot of nitrogen to grow oat and hay or as, a, as opposed to a canola or a wheat crop where um, they might be a bit more nitrogen hungry but um I'm, i don't know if that has an effect on so much of the hay definitely not the vetch hay anyway because that doesn't need any urea so um yeah 
I'm not sure that that will have an effect on the on the fodder issue. Yeah, no worries. Um, you know, I think something that um, potentially, you know, isn't talked about too much or something when we're, when we're talking about fodder is, um, you know, the export side. Um, you know, we know that a lot of um, exportable hay comes from WA. Um, do you know if there's been any changes within, you know, within that area? Are there any export opportunities, um, you know, that, that are popping up within that space? Oh, that's a good question. I see here in South Australia where we are, we're sort of surrounded by exporters and, and the domestic market is dwindling, I suppose, by the year in, year out in South Australia. There's not a huge dairy um, contingent down south like there used to be once upon a time and and all the sort of the big cattle blokes are in New South Wales and Queensland or in the Territory. So a lot of the hay that we do domestically goes on a truck 2,000 k's away generally, or 1,500 to 2,000 k's, which, um, which is a challenge. Um, and generally, the best money that we get for our hay is is from the export market. So, um, going back to Ed, what your question was with the emerging markets, look, I suppose the China one is the elephant in the room. Um, you know, we've seen them open up a little bit with the barley industry and and a few other ones that are it's sort of giving us a bit of hope, I suppose. Like to, you know, they're such a, a big buyer of fodder when they're up and running. So, um, yeah, I suppose that's the elephant in the room. And and probably like when they went out a couple of years ago, it sort of might have even kicked the exporters into gear to go and you know look into emerging markets and. And so forth. So yeah, hopefully um, they've done their they've done their homework over the last few years, and they can they can find some new homes for our Australian hay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, China, of course, plays a plays a large part in dairy markets too. They're the world's largest dairy importer. So um, everything that's going on over there is is having such a such a broad impact. I mean, of course, on the on the dairy industry, but then of course for for your own industry too. Um, you know, we've obviously covered a lot today, and I think you know all of it sort of boils down to particularly for, for dairy farmers what what a, what a price is going to look like. Where do you think you know bringing all of that together are they are they likely to remain you know relatively steady? Is there going to be some movement there or some potential differences within regions or even varieties? I think, yeah, definitely within regions. The cost of um, transporting hay or moving hay around now is, has become expensive. So I suppose like in, in your area in Victoria where there is a, such a high domestic use for hay with your dairies and feedlots and whatever, what have you, um, yeah, I, I think there will be... I, think, I still think there's going to be a lot of supply this year, especially in that Victoria region. And, and um, you know, I think it all depends on – it sort of hinges on the back of what happens up north, I think, this year within the northern New South Wales and into Queensland. If if hopefully the all the guys can get some rain up there in the in the very near future and, and they won't need so much of our hay from down south. But um, it will also be good, hopefully, if we can get some – new seasons hay that has some quality about it that um the exporters can sort of step into that area as well and and start buying back some quality hay they've had a pretty tough couple of years especially in victoria victoria and south australia so wa hasn't been too bad but um yeah i'm not sure i can't give you a price guide it's it's sort of up in the air and i think it like you said it is going to be governed by 
um, local markets or local opportunities, I suppose, and quality as well. I think everyone's chasing this quality now. They've had two years of buying pretty ordinary sort of hay and um, they've had a guts full of it, to be honest. They're just looking yeah. to buy some nice green hay again. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, thank you so much, Brad, for coming on today and having a chat to us about all of this. There's, uh, yeah, obviously a lot a lot going on, lots of changes ahead, um, but definitely something that's really topical and that we're all keen to sort of see unfold um, as, you know, as the season goes on. So thank you so much for your time today. No worries. Thanks very much. If you would like to read the full September 2023 Situation and Outlook report, you can find it at www.dairyaustralia.com.au forward slash S-A-N-D-O. We have also placed a link in the episode notes. We hope that you have enjoyed this DairyPod episode. And if you have any questions or ideas for future episodes, you can get in contact with us by emailing dairypod at dairyaustralia.com.au. Thanks very much for listening and bye for now. Bye for now.